So, I got up on stage today, but then I nearly went and sat back down because I felt that if I did, I would just be able to be normal. But I got up here, and I look around and all I see is a crowd. And when I look at that crowd, I'm almost positive that 99% of them don't know who I am inside and out. Actually, that's a very rough and small estimate because there's really only two people here that know who I really am. Me and God. Now, I know what you might be thinking that God isn't exactly a person, but he created my person and knew all about my person and left who I was before he even created people. And I know that I must sound redundant, but I just can't stress the fact that God knew who I was before he even wove me into existence. And Jesus, because he loved me, came down from heaven to be lifted up onto a tree, and then die and rise up three days later and ascend to the glory that he left for me. And for you. But I still have this sinful, fleshly body contaminated by a worldwide sickness, a pandemic, that has flooded the earth ever since the first man committed the first sin. And now this illness has infiltrated my thoughts, it courses through my veins, and it poisons me. So yes, that means that I am still choked out by my own sins and insecurities, which Satan loves to see, because he hates God, and he hates me, and he wants me to die. But God is still there, even when I'm drowning in the sea of the world's false words. And the devil had me on track to hell, Satan had me in the grasp of death, God took hold of me and saved me, but while I am still on this earth, Satan has the power to make me feel self-doubt. And that's why I feel as if I stand out, and if I didn't do anything and just sat down, I would fit in. But talking feelings are just a lie from the devil. They fuel his fiery darts that he fires at me, and they consume me. In all honesty, it's only God who has brought me this far. I remember being sent to people who tried to force feelings of doubt out of my chest, and when I tried to talk to them, my throat tightened. And even though they were trying to help, it just made things worse. And then, in my darkest moments, I turned to the one who listens to me continually and doesn't try to make me worthy enough to listen to, but meets me right where I'm at. And Lord my God, I thank you for that. For loving me. And for building me. Building me up to the person that I am today. Because Jesus, you accepted the poor. You accepted the sick. You accepted the misunderstood. And the sinner even a sinner like me. And that's the thing that I can't wrap my mind around, is that of almost 8 billion people in the world, he chose me. And now I'm a child of God. Welcome to Father Son Entertainment Talk, a podcast where a father and his son come together to bring you their views on life in various forms of entertainment. It's time. Let's do this. Welcome to Father Son Entertainment Talk. My name is Ryan Campbell. And my name is Matthew Campbell. And we're here today, as you may have assumed, to talk about spoken word and to talk about poetry, how poetry and spoken word has impacted Matthew's life. And then, who knows, maybe we'll go down a brief history and timeline of poetry and how it all came to be in this world. What do you think, Bob? I think that that's a good idea. Great. Well, why don't we jump right in? And Matthew, as you probably heard in the introduction, put a lot of hard work into that spoken word that he did for a talent show at his school. And I was very impressed and very proud of him. Matthew, why don't you share a little bit about the experience and uh, how long it took you to write that and 
Talk to me about how you were feeling going into the talent show. Well, I heard about my school's talent show, and at first I was pretty nervous because spoken word has never been done before, but in the same breath, I was extremely excited because it's a gift I have, it's something that I love to do, and it's a way to get my emotions out. That's how I get a lot of my emotions out is through writing. But this was just especially nerve-wracking because it's never been done before at my school, and I was really concerned that people wouldn't like it, but I got a lot better of a reaction than I thought I was, so I am very happy. And how long did it take you to write that one? Several weeks. Yeah. I know you spent a lot of time on it and probably spent way more time writing it than memorizing it because you did um, memorize it for the talent show. And that is one uh, incredible talent that I've noticed from you in all your years. And I'll share with our listeners something else you did way back when you were much younger that I was also super impressed by and very proud of. But why don't you talk a little bit about memorization process and the writing process? Well, for the memorization that wasn't too hard. So I'm going to start out with that. It didn't take me a whole lot of time because I seem to have a knack for memorizing different things. But it was the writing part that's the hardest because with spoken word, there are pros and cons to it because it doesn't follow a certain flow and there's pros and cons to that as well. It's more free verse and as you may have heard before, it is very complex, very hard to write. Like it may seem easy, but When you are just writing something, it's almost like you're giving a speech. It is very difficult. So, yeah, definitely writing it was harder than memorizing it. And I'll I'll speak to something that Matthew did a long time ago, also at a school talent show, where he memorized an entire chapter of the Bible. I think it was in Acts, Bub. Was it Acts 16, maybe? I don't remember the reference. I just remember it being about... Paul and Silas in prison. Yeah, yeah. So Paul and Silas was Acts 16, and uh, it was pretty long, actually. It was probably like a minute and a half, and I think you were only eight or nine years old when you memorized the whole thing. And I remember sitting out in the audience with my Bible on me, and there were, I think, probably two spots where you paused, and all I had to do was yell out the next word in the sentence or the first word in the beginning of the next sentence, and you jumped right back in and kept moving. It was very cool and super proud of you back then, too. Great. Well, I know spoken word is something that has come alive quite a bit most recently. And one of the ways that we became acclimated to spoken word was through America's Got Talent. Why don't you share a little bit about how you learned about spoken word, Bub, and how it inspired you? Well, I first heard spoken word through a man by the name of Brandon Leake. Anybody who has watched America's Got Talent or has heard about it this past season, season 15, he won it, and I was pretty impressed with what he wrote. He was very good, and I noticed how much emotion he put into it, and when I first saw him, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's pretty cool, but I was a lot more into rap. I actually have a bunch of rap music that I've written, but the more I have watched different poets and spoken word artists, I'm like, wow, this is something that I could see myself getting into. And I tried writing it, and the poem that you just heard was actually my first spoken word piece. So this, again, that's part of the reason why I was so nervous that people were not going to like it, because it was also my first one. But definitely, Brandon Lee played a big part in why I write spoken word, and I definitely only heard about it then. And I didn't even know what it was. I 
when I first heard him talking, I thought that he was just giving a speech. But the more I like looked into it, the more I heard more people talking about it and performing it, the more I noticed how much emotion they could put into it. And I thought, wow, that's for me. So that's why I, I have been writing it. Yeah, and let's stay there for a second, talking about the emotional part of spoken word, because I, for one, just before doing some research the past 24 to 48 hours, didn't realize that spoken word was something maybe slightly different to even poetry or rap or songs. Can you talk a little bit about what makes up spoken word? Well, spoken word, as you may have just heard, it doesn't exactly follow a specific flow. It's more free verse. It's more, honestly, emotional. Like, you can make poetry emotional, but I've noticed that spoken word artists, again, it doesn't really follow a specific flow or a pattern. It's free verse. It's, you can put a lot of emotion to it. You can do a lot of motion to it as well. It's almost like a performance in a way. Yeah. Whereas poetry is, in its simplest form, words that meld together in different types of structures that are Mm -hmm. oftentimes written down in the form of a poem, whereas spoken word is meant to be more performed and emotional. And like you can perform poetry. I have several poets that I have listened to that have their own like sites and I think specifically of somebody who I'm a very big fan of, Clayton Jennings. He's a very good poet. I'm a big fan of him. So, like, you can perform your poetry, but gonna be redundant and be the dead horse. Spoken word doesn't follow a specific pattern. Got it. Okay. That's helpful, and I think that'll be helpful for our listeners. Why don't we go down a little bit of a, a road through the past to bring our listeners up to speed on how poetry began and where it all started. And, you know, I'll start going through here and by all means jump in where you want to add anything, Matthew. So I was just doing some research over the last 24 to 48 hours, as I mentioned, and I'm by no means a historian on poetry. But one thing I found that was pretty consistent is poetry really all started with this form of poetry called epic poetry. And the first epic poem that was founded from tablets through the Sumerian culture is the Epic of Gilgamesh. And Gilgamesh was actually written on these stone tablets going all the way back to 18th century BC, which was a very long time ago. I think that they're also called ballads. I can think of another one. It was a ballad on a man called Beowulf. It was a story about how there was this guy with his crew. God's name was Beowulf and his crew got shipwrecked and they landed on an island. A monster kidnapped him. Beowulf defeated the monster and his whole crew got back to their land safely. But that is actually the very first poem I ever wrote. I was told as a school project to write a poem on Beowulf. Do you remember that? Interesting. No, I don't remember that. That was several years ago. I was like 10. We'll have to bring that back up and maybe we can share that one with our listeners too. But just carrying on on the epic poetry, there was also... Uh, and I'm going to really probably butcher this name, but Ramayana, which was a, an old epic form of poetry that actually influenced a lot of Hindu and Buddhist mythos. And then what I think you and I are probably most excited to talk about and what I think we could probably create a podcast episode on is a lot of the Greek poetry. And when you think back to the Iliad and the Odyssey, which were written by Homer, 
They followed Odysseus and they followed the Battle of Troy. And that all ties directly to a lot of the Greek mythology with Zeus and Hera and many of the gods from back in, in Greek mythology. And I know you and I both have a liking to, to Greek mythology and the stories thereof. And obviously, like 99% of what is in the Iliad and the Odyssey, like 90% of it isn't even true. Of course. <laughs> but yeah. it, it is still interesting to read. I got to read it myself. It's very hard to read, but it's very interesting. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies that were created that tried to align to those stories and, you know, something we can think about talking about in the future. But moving on in history, we get to, and there was obviously a lot of poetry written in between these times, but flash forwarding all the way to the sonnets and the time of Shakespeare in the 14th century when Shakespeare was creating plays and, and creating his form of poetry. And then the restoration poetry time frame where satire was incorporated into poetry into the Romantics in the 1800s, and then jumping into 20th century and even most recently, where poetry has certainly taken a turn. And you know now you see this concept of spoken word, and now you see rap, and even songs in some cases can be considered poetry. And I would like to kind of rewind the timeline a little bit and go back to even first century AD when bards started and they were from like the first century to I think around like the 11th century AD. They traveled around with their guitars or like whatever they had, their stringed instruments, and they just wandered around writing poetry and singing songs. So that was also a major thing, but this is kind of funny. This is why I was doing a lot of research on bards. I was nominated by my school's worship pastor, the Bard of Geigertown, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. It's very funny. It was a really cool introduction that this individual gave to Matthew and the, the spoken word that he shared at the talent show. Bards were very cool and actually originated, I think, in northern Europe, Scotland, Ireland, yeah. and would travel from town to town with their little guitar or fiddle or whatever it's called and sing their songs and sing their poetry about heroes and the quests that these heroes went on, etc. Since we're flashing back, why don't we flash back again to probably the most influential poems that we didn't even discuss that started back in 1400 BC and went all the way through up until about 400 BC, which were the Psalms of the Bible. And the Psalms were clearly a form of poetry and um, were obviously and have obviously been very influential on Matthew in my life. And not only were the psalms poetry but the book of lamentations in the bible that's also a form of poetry and in a way proverbs you wouldn't consider it to be poetry but i believe that in a way it is because i notice a lot of repetition i notice a flow in a lot of different chapters so there are multiple books in the bible that have poetry in them and i think that just proves how creative god is to be able to put poetry in the bible very cool Great call out, bub. Well, this has been fun. I, I enjoyed talking about poetry and spoken word, and I enjoyed doing the research over the last couple of days as well. Uh, so thank you, bub, for being willing to share your experience with spoken word and your actual spoken word with our listeners. I think that's going to be really impactful for them. And we have some fun episodes that we have planned coming up. So we'll, we'll give you a little bit of a preview. Matthew, why don't you preview what likely will be coming next? Well, as a big board game fan, and most specifically a chess fan, 
you will be hearing a, a review on a movie about chess, and then there will be a, a special surprise where my grandfather will be coming on, so it will be all three generations coming on to the show, so stay tuned. And Dad, if you're hearing this for the first time, surprise, surprise, you're coming on one of our future episodes. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Great. And that the movie Matthew's referencing with regards to chess is a movie from the 90s. Uh, for the 90s movies fans, you may uh, recall this movie. And we're not going to give it away, but go back and look at 90s chess movies and maybe you'll be able to get a head start on what Matthew and I will be talking about. Well, again, this has been fun, Bob. Appreciate you again having the courage to share your spoken word. My name is Ryan Campbell. My name is Matthew Campbell. Thanks for listening.